You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Welcome everybody, this is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Wednesday the 29th of June 2022. Thank you all for tuning in. Hoping to have regular programming somewhat back for July. We'll see what happens. Uh, Hopefully once a week. Again, it'll be just kind of podcast only. And um, mixing between, I think, the Westminster Larger Catechism... And then also some kind of topical things, things in the media, things in the news and things like that, which is, brings us on to our topic today of abortion and um, Roe v. Wade. Some good news from the United States. I'll be honest, I did not know that it was even going to the courts. I probably are bits and pieces here and there. I didn't know they were really looking at the decision, but that was a nice um, change of... You know, it just seems like, well, you know, you might feel like there's a lot of bad news at the moment. Well, this is really, really good news, obviously. Now, what that really means is the states now will have a greater opportunity in the United States, within the United States, to be able to abolish uh, abortion. Um, we need to realize that even, look, this whole thing... Uh, Sometimes you're watching the media and people call themselves pro-life and all this kind of thing. And um, I think I saw a governor of one of the states in America and they were talking about laws that would prohibit something to do with having abortion only in strict circumstances. It has to be after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Um problem with that is you're still allowed to kill a an unborn child up until 15 weeks uh, in such a case, or 12 weeks, or whatever. And it is just as wrong, just as heinous, because of the fact that that child, fetus, as is often been used in debates, and we're going to be looking at some debates that have been taking place and respond to them, is a baby, is a, is a human being is an image bearer of God, and that's the major issue here. People get very upset about, probably get more upset about animal rights and uh, and things like this than they ever would about the intentional ending of a life in the womb. And I say intentional because that does not include other ways in which the doctor's priority, the nurses and everybody else who swore the Hippocratic Oath, really should be to preserve the life of both mother and baby. Both mother and and baby. It doesn't sacrifice the life of, you know, if there are obviously very, very difficult decisions here and there, but the intention and the effort is to save lives. 
And even those difficult cases, the cases people bring up, rape and incest and all that kind of stuff, they are less than 1% of all the children that have been massacred in the name of progress. Okay, we're going to start a program today. We're going to look at, and I don't, I might put this on YouTube. I'm not too sure. We'll see how things go. This will be available on MegatRadio.com anyway, as usual. I'm going to be responding to the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. I live in Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom. And um, how did he respond to Roe v. Wade? Now, keep in mind that Boris Johnson is the conservative right-wing, quote-unquote, and all this kind of stuff, um, representative. And um, are the Labour Party worse? We're on the left. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, this is what is classified as conservative today. So we're going to play this clip for Boris Johnson responding to the Roe v. Wade decision. The good news of Roe v. Wade. Now, overturning Roe v. Wade alone is not going to do anything in some ways because the states themselves have to do it, but it opens up the possibility of uh, states within the United States abolishing abortion. Not just tiptoeing towards it, but need to get rid of it because it is killing an image bearer of God. So that's what we're going to play a short clip of Boris Johnson responding to the Roe v. Wade decision and respond to it. Sorry, that's not loud enough. This is not our uh, court. It's another, it's another jurisdiction, but clearly it has massive impacts uh, on people's uh, thinking around the world. It's a very important decision. I've got to tell you, I think it's a big step backwards. I think it's a big step backwards. I've, I've always believed in uh, a woman's right to choose, and uh, I stick to that view, and that's why the... Uh, the UK has the, the laws that it does, and actually, if you look, we, we recently took steps to make sure that uh, th those laws were, uh, were enforced throughout the whole of the, of the UK. Now, let's go through what he said and respond to it individually. This is not our uh, court. It's another, it's another jurisdiction, but clearly it has massive impact. Yeah, I wonder how many times when... It, it not being another person's quarter decision people have commented. Uh, it seems to me, from my experience, that people would be more guarded about commenting on the the laws of another country. I mean, d do you comment on the slavery going and taking place in China, for example, with the Uyghur people or something like that. No, don't bring that up. Uh, but if you dare to stand in the way of uh, a mother's right to kill her own baby, then, well, we're going to comment on it, aren't we? And th this is, it's amazing. This seems to be the the big issue for the left, to be able, the, the ability the ability to be able to kill your own baby. Is there any symbol of how wicked it is? Now, I'm not saying that the 
so-called right wing or you know there's various movements which are classified as conservative and all this kind of stuff and they might even be pro-life at places and all this kind of stuff i'm not saying that that means that, that they're great but The, the 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 direction of the modern left it was years ago remember um safe legal and rare um if it is not a big deal or whatever why does it have to be rare it has to be rare because it's evil and people know it people have a conscience and safe well it's not exactly safe for the baby who dies in the process at the at the hands of an abortionist so um yeah, there's massive implications around the world. And actually, one of the great things about the Roe v. Wade decision is it's got people around the world talking. Hopefully, it will reignite a conversation because the media don't have this conversation. The only thing they want to have a conversation is when there isn't a... When, when there's any laws that will rec recognize that or at least go in a direction of recognizing that the unborn child is a human being. And to kill it is wrong. Uh, on people's uh, thinking ar around the world, it's a very important decision. I've got to tell you, I think it's a big step backwards. I think it's a big step backwards. I've... From a legal point of view, right? From a legal point of view. I... Just... From the point of view of the the point of view he holds and things like that, it's very unwise for him to be commenting. Um, what I mean by that is this: um, taking away Roe v. Wade does not make abortion illegal currently in the United States. I don't know what the laws are in different states; they're all different. Um, but what Roe v. Wade did was apparently find within the U.S. Constitution a right to abortion. Which is pretty incredible. And um, so there's the legal and then there's the moral. Legally, it really, in, in one way, it doesn't change much. In, in, in another way, it does. It does if something is done about it to ca to carry on and laws are changing the ground and uh, not just laws, also um, attitudes and um, hearts and minds and things like that. So from a legal point of view, it's very, very unwise him commenting on it in the first place, especially... considering it being a legal decision all that morally and ethically how is it a big step backwards a big step backwards when there isn't seen as a right to kill a baby as it says on the screen there if we happen to be watching it um i've always believed in a woman's right to choose i've always believed in a woman's right to choose this is where the modern conservative party is now, isn't it? This is the decline of the UK, symbolized in this man. He didn't mind locking up most of the country for, you know, in 2020, 
with his immoral lockdown laws. And at the same time, breaking those same rules which he set. He also did things that would have been would have caused controversy years ago. You know, living with his his then girlfriend was it Carrie Johnson? Well, it's Carrie Johnson as she is today. They're now married, but living at a wedlock together. And we know back in the nineties that wouldn't have been tolerated, probably. This is the moral decline of the West. And people say, well, I believe in a woman's right to choose. Do you believe in the baby's right to life? A baby. There's a baby there. This is not some appendix. It is not a, a, a digit on a finger or something like that. It's not part of her body. biology shows that it's a different person with different DNA. Often somebody with a different gender. But this is the generation of the people who can't even define what a woman is. I've always believed in uh, a woman's right to choose and uh, I stick to that view and that's why the uh, the UK has the, the laws that it does. Yeah, exactly. It has a, and it rammed it down upon the Northern Ireland with, with every opportunity it took. You know, um, we have devolved government up here in Northern Ireland and largely because Stormont, our government, wasn't meeting for a very, very long time. It was an opportunity there for, you know, people who believed in, in abortion and all this kind of stuff to force that law upon Northern Ireland. Actually, if you look, we, we recently took steps to make sure that uh, th those laws were, uh, were enforced throughout the whole of the, of the UK. But you see how important this is. This, uh, this issue is vital to many of this generation. This is, this is the, the sign of freedom. You can do whatever you want and there's no consequences. You can, you can be as immoral as you like. You can, this is, it's basically the morality of sexual revolution. And there's no consequences. The, the, the consequence is the baby that has to die. Because of lust. Now, I was watching a clip um, later on. We're going to look at, at um, President Joe Biden's response to Roe v. Wade. We're not going to watch all of it. It's a lengthy enough, eleven minute and 40, 46 second video. But we'll look at that later after this clip. I'm not sure how much we'll get through. But this is um, from Hill. 
get it up here. I got several different clips here. So I'm not exactly sure. It's like Hill TV rising. Um, I've seen clips of them on YouTube. Um, the the section the section we're going to be commenting on is uh, presented by a woman by the name of Kim Iverson. You can find on YouTube called Kim Iverson Hypocrisy on full display as pro mandate, pro choice crowd screams my body my choice. This is tying it in with the whole vaccine issue and all that kind of thing. And I just found there was a range of, there was a range of views on this program with regards to these issues and uh, we're just going to respond to it because I think it might be hopefully helpful to some of you listening. Uh, Kim, I've been looking forward to this all weekend. Tell us what's on your radar. Well, I know there's been a lot of talk today about the Supreme Court Roe v. Wade ruling, but I just have to chime in. The phrase, my body, my choice, has become incredibly controversial because everyone seems to be using it, and yet none of them agree with one another. Here's what I mean. Look at this photo from a pro, is this from a pro-choice or anti-vaccine mandate rally? Good question. Okay, I'm going to have to explain for those who are listening to the audio. It says, keep your laws off my body. That's what the sign says on it. Um, vaccine mandate rally. Good question. It could have come from either. The anti-mandate crowd, including myself, have been calling for bodily autonomy and the ability to decide for ourselves whether or not to take the vaccine. Many were saying, my body, my choice. Many in this category came from conservative America. The same conservative America now celebrating the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which will lead to women being required to carry pregnancies to term in about half the country. It's just amazing that we'll allow pregnancy. Let's, let's just go back. Sometimes I'm just amazed the way it's been presented. Overturning of Roe v. Wade, which will lead to women being required to carry pregnancies to term in about half the country. Requiring. Just the, just the language is just like, of, well, this is just some kind of slavery. This is horrible. Requiring them. And by the way, I know there are some horrible instances of um, victims of rape and incense, but if you look at the percentages of those people having abortions because of those issues, it's like, what, 0.5%? And even in those situations, punish the rapist, not the baby. There are instances of women who have gone through that and have kept the baby. And, you know, but I would also understand if that person gave that child up for adoption. But don't, one option is not on the table. It's like, well, I have been, this horrible thing has happened to me, Then, therefore I'm going to do this horrible thing, well, to a, a baby who didn't do anything worthy of that death penalty. On the flip side, the current crowd yelling, my body, my choice, where many of the same people demanding others around them get the vaccine or lose their jobs and be shunned from society. It's a confusing time. How could a person be pro-mandate, forcing others into a medical treatment they don't want while being shocked that anyone would force a woman to carry a fetus she doesn't want? 
And how can a person be anti? I love this, like, carrying. She is, she's, I don't know, I, I'm not incredibly sure. She seems to be quite on the fence um, later on. But having to carry a fetus as if it's some kind of disease, it's an image bearer of God. It's a human being. It is a child. Now, with the other case, yeah, there's massive hypocrisy going on because of the fact that, well, there's no choice at all when it comes to um, medicine. Over a, a virus which has largely been blown out of proportion in terms of a response. People talk, oh, the, the hospitals are busy and all that. Tell me a time when the hospitals aren't busy because they are flooded because of the utterly stupid decisions over the last two years. And they were in trouble before that, too. Mandate claiming it's their individual right to decide their own medical treatment, yet tell a woman it isn't her individual right to decide her own medical treatment. It all feels hypocritical, but the people in these camps don't seem to see it that way. I've looked around at some of the arguments from both sides, and I want to share them with you. Some of them are shockingly dense, and others actually make some decent points. So let's start with the liberal pro-choice crowd who are also pro-vaccine mandate. Now, truthfully, most can't give a good, solid reason as to why they're pro-mandate and pro-choice. Take a look at this TikTok video from A Chance at Life. What's important is bodily autonomy, the same right men have always had. We just want equal rights the right to govern our own bodies, just like men have always had. It's that simple. Do you support the right for people to not get the COVID vaccine? It's irrelevant. Right? My body, my choice. You're right. It's not irrelevant. Yeah, but one saves lives. You're right. It's One's not irrelevant. One of them is going to be in a pandemic state. See, the, and there was a woman there in the background saying, oh, it, one saves lives. Just go back there. Just very, very interesting what she said there. One saves lives. Right, my body, my choice. You're right. It's not irrelevant. Yeah, but one saves lives. You're right. It's one's not irrelevant. One of one's a choice. Yeah, apparently the, the vaccine apparently saves lives. Well, you know, we we'll just have to take the word for that. But, um, but, but allowing somebody to choose to kill their own baby. Oh well, that that life is irrelevant. So we're taking. What what amazes me is we've been largely through the pandemic been bullied into taking morality lessons from people who who campaign actively for a woman's right to slaughter a child. I'm not saying that every single thing that every single doctor says about viruses and vaccines and all this kind of stuff is wrong of course not that would be silly however i think at the same time a, a large degree of skepticism healthy skepticism would be a great idea and just to take a deep breath before believing everything people are telling us because if you see the people who are involved in the media again it doesn't mean that they're wrong on everything and we should be careful not to go to that extreme but we need to be careful we're not just gullibly 
floating along like a twig along the river. It's going to be in a pandemic state, right? A state of emergency, which we all know laws change during a state of emergency. Do you agree with the, the statement or the, the principle? We all know laws change during a state of emergency. We also know laws change, well, the laws of the land, the laws of the land do not determine what is right and what is wrong. There are some evil laws that have existed throughout history. My body, my choice? Yes, absolutely. Bodily autonomy is a human right. Healthcare is a human right. Um, access to healthcare should be, not be something that is dictated by the Supreme Court. During the pandemic, did you support people's right to not get the COVID vaccine? It's a difficult conversation. Do you support bod bodily autonomy in other situations? For example, the COVID vaccine mandates. The, the vaccine mandates, we've been mandated to get vaccines for years and years and years. So you do support in that situation people not having control of their bodies? That's not, that's not having not control of your body. It's like, I don't understand. Yeah, so, you know, fairly flimsy reasoning there, but there are some other somewhat better reasons people give. The most common is because a virus is contagious and pregnancy isn't. That's the biggest excuse you'll use as to why a person is pro-choice and pro-mandate. The idea being that you should do everything you can to prevent infecting others you then have to ask them, well, why wouldn't you want to infect others, right? And then they would say, well, because it could kill them. So you don't want to cause another person harm. Okay, well, um, we're against abortion because it will almost certainly kill the baby, kill the person. So. Then when it's pointed out that terminating, terminating a pregnancy is affecting another person, the response is usually that a fetus isn't a person. So basically, their argument hinges on the debate over when cells become a person. In this line of logic, they believe in mandate. Again, and this is why God has to be the center of this, not just, it can't just be seen as some peripheral issue. We are created in the image of God. Life has been created in the image of God. Um... People groups have been exterminated by others purely because, largely, they saw them as less than human. Either that person, even that baby's alive or it's dead. Either that is your, your offspring, your fetus, or it is not. By the way, fetus just means offspring. And if it is, then it's a human being. You don't get to decide when it's okay to kill it. We didn't give it life. God gave it life. And we always have to remind ourselves of Genesis 9-6. About an attack on an image bearer. Genesis 9-6. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For the image of God made he man. If you shed man's blood, by man. And why? Why? Why is why is the death penalty invoked there in in Genesis nine six? Because of the fact that the he was made in the image of God. It's an attack upon the image of God. That's why it is so serious. The murder for protecting people, but don't agree that a fetus is a person. So then we could say, what about the fact that vaccines weren't good for everyone? 
Some people were harmed, like the teen boys who ended up with myocarditis or women who ended up with blood clots. Why would you mandate a person take something that... Disclaimer, I don't know. I have not kept up with this stuff. I don't know if people have been harmed or not or anything like that. Um, I'm generally... By the way, I am... You make up your own mind <laughs> the vaccine and nobody should force you to do it, especially with a mild virus as it is right now. Um, that's my own, that's my own five cents. But harm them if your whole line of reasoning is to protect people. Another common response to being both pro-mandate and pro-choice is that vaccine mandates aren't really mandates. You can still choose to not get the vaccine. No one is forcing you, unlike a woman being forced to carry a pregnancy to term. That's the argument. It's true, no one was going to door to door holding people down and jabbing them, but not getting the vaccine resulted in job loss and being ostracized from society. It wasn't much of a choice at all. I guess they could lose their job and be unable to afford their homes or feed their families, but then you could also say that a woman isn't forced to carry a pregnancy, she could just fly to California. Now, I'm pro-choice and I'm anti-mandate. I firmly believe all medical decisions should be between a patient and a doctor, no matter what that decision may be. I'm even for that's a crazy uh, that's a crazy position to be. What if uh, you could say, well, the doctor could just uh, that's that's a between a patient and a doctor. So seriously, any decision, any decision is okay. Any, obviously, it can't be. Because it's the end. It's a conspiracy to end a human life. People the choice to medically end their life if that's what they want. Decisions are difficult, personal. Many are unique, and quite frankly, none of those decisions are any of my business. But the anti-mandate, anti-choice. Yeah, but it's not about me. It's not my law. It's it's God's law. I get it from a, from a certain point of view, the arguments being put forward here, and it's a lot more consistent than some, but it's still morally inept. You know, imagine if you're just walking along the street and you, you, you hear a child screaming out and it's been killed by one of its parents. Well, it's like, well, that's none of my business. We keep on walking. Well, what would your response to that person say? And they could have ran into the house and perhaps saved the child. Well, that's none of my business. And that's, some people are like that. Oh, it's none of my business. Crowd have some better arguments on their side as to how they can be both and not be hypocrites. One argument is, that it isn't about my body, my choice, or medical freedom, that it's about safety and health. They say they were opposed to mandates because they didn't believe the vaccine to be safe for everyone. They worried about side effects and other harms and forcing some people to take them would result in a slew of injuries and maybe even death. They say this is not out of alignment with being opposed to terminating a pregnancy. It's in fact very much in line. It's all about protecting lives. Now, this is the most common explanation as to why a person is both pro-choice with vaccines and anti-choice with pregnancy termination. Other arguments center around the vaccine being something done to yourself 
and an abortion is something done directly to someone else. But pro-mandate people say spreading a virus affects others. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> abortion is something done to someone else, not even, not even to the woman. Done to someone else. It, it is done by the consent of the mother and by the doctor or anybody else in, involved in it to someone else besides the mother. Not her body. Then the anti-mandate people say these vaccines don't stop the spread. And then some actually say they would be for the mandates if the vaccines were sterilizing. So at least they're consistent. Another argument, don't laugh, or better yet, don't shoot the messenger. It involves the depopulation agenda theory. The theory is some people think the vaccines were part of a larger depopulation agenda, and typically they tie it to Bill Gates. The idea is this: the world can't sustain the growing population, and some elites are scheming to bring the population down to more sustainable levels. They think the vaccine was designed to help do this, but by maybe affecting fertility or causing a higher number of heart attacks or something. Obviously, terminating pregnancies is also a form of population control, and they're against the whole lot of it. So you might scoff at this theory or think they're crazy, but at least they're consistent in their logic. And that's all I ask for. Be consistent and make sense. I might not agree, but I can at least appreciate a person who is fully pro-mandate or someone fully pro-choice or something in between as long as it makes sense. I just want it to make sense. So uh, I, I, I don't I get where she's coming from to a degree, but it's like, be, well, you know, if you're going to be consistently evil, just be consistently evil. Well, no, there's. There's, it's wrong to end a life. I mean, Hitler might have been a lot more consistent than than many of us. He didn't make anything he did right. You know, you guys, what do you think? I mean, which side do you think is actually making sense on this? Do you think anybody is making sense in that group specifically that is, you know, anti-mandate, anti-pro-choice? So there's three people on the screen here. Uh... Olimani Aloran, I pronounce his name, Kim Iverson, and uh, Robbie Soav. I think that's how you pronounce his name. This is on Hill TV. Uh, or I don't like using the term pro-life. Right. Or uh, or do you, on the flip side, you know, the crowd that's very pro-choice right now, very angry, but then they were the ones saying take the vaccine or else. Right. Well, and, and this Supreme Court decision also, let's remember, just returns the issue to legislative bodies, to the states, the federal government, I guess, if they wanted to take it up, they don't, but by and large, the states. So just like, you know, we had a variety of state responses to, to, uh, to what the restrictions were, what the requirements were, et cetera, we'll now have that for abortion. So I, I, th I think in that way that the conservative uh, kind of view is, is not hypocritical in that sense, because there's, especially with this news, right, they're saying, yeah, we're going to let smaller groups of, of uh, legislative decision makers, just like we would have let them say, you know, what the, what the appropriate uh, re vaccine requirement is, whatever, where they'll decide what the, what the uh, in this municipality, what the abortion policy is. I, I think it's still hypocritical when you look at it then state by state, because a lot of those conservative states that are going to be uh, making abortion illegal are the states that were fighting against the mandates. Yeah. Against the vaccine mandate. So, you know, you could look at it still in that. We'll see what Florida does in particular. That'll be really interesting. And they're kind of up in the air. Alimi, what do you think? Hmm. Um, so I did point out actually earlier in my own. Ra I, I think it's still. I'm just going to respond to what she said there. Critical when you look at.
state by state, because a lot of those conservative states that are going to be uh, making abortion illegal are the states that were fighting against the mandates. Yeah. Okay. They were fighting against the mandates are the ones who are making abortion, abortion illegal, right? They believe in an individual's right to choose. Well, what about the individual within the womb? The individual within the womb. The baby. There is no right to kill. Against the vaccine mandate. So, you know, you could look at it still and that. We'll see what Florida does in particular. That'll be really interesting. And they're kind of up in the air. Alimi, what do you think? Hmm. Um, so I did point out actually earlier in my own ra radar that I think there is hypocrisy to the people that are decrying, you know, government is violating my rights by trying to make me wear masks. I was talking about the mask, not the vaccine, but... Yeah, she was, she was speaking our language. Yeah, she was, I said... was talking some uh, mask uh, anger. I was getting I, very excited. I said, you know, I think, I think it's hypocritical that you would, you know, scream something as, to me, trivial, wear a mask, you know, is my rights are being violated, but in the same breath, you're... It's trivial <laughs> blocking your face for well over a year or two. Um, faces are kind of important for communication, so it's not something trivial. Developmental problems with, with a child is not trivial. Um, the mental health damage done to people is not trivial. So I, I get a little bit tired of this saying, well, it seems to be kind of trivial. No, it's usually the people that, yeah, it doesn't affect you, perhaps. It doesn't affect your mental health and yours, whatever. It affects plenty. You know, women being forced to carry pregnancies to term that they don't want to. That being said, I right. think the conversation we're having is a reflection of... Forced to carry pregnant... You see, again, 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 the language is <laughs> it's horrendous. It's being forced to carry a baby to term. You see, we take something that is a blessing, a wonderful thing that has happened in the womb of that mother, a wonderful blessing, and turn it into something horrible. And that is what is one of the things that is so evil about um, a lot of people on the so-called pro-choice side. Why people co-opt language and the danger of that? Because what happened here is the pro-choice movement in terms of abortion has already existed. My body, my choice is the language for that movement. And then you saw, you know, the anti-vaccine mandate movement appear and it co-opted that language and means to lend legitimacy to its arguments. So now we have this conversation where it's like, oh, how do you? Well, again, the only reason they use the language from what I can see is that they, they saw the hypocrisy of the other side. So it's like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Support one and not the other because that feels like hypocrisy. It's not. They co-opted the language and now we put them in the same arena and I don't think we really exist there. Um, and I think it's different because, like, I, for me, I think in the course of abortion and when you have these conversations about my body, my choice, it's because it impacts me, my right. body. Whereas the people who are were pro the vaccine mandates, what they're saying is, in this case, this is a pandemic. This impacts us all, which is generally the underlying well, and, argument that supports vaccines in general, because we have vaccine yeah. mandates but in general. Just, just like that, right, in, in, the, in the... But, you know, okay, I know this is getting off into another topic of the vaccine, you know, the virus and all that kind of stuff, but it didn't. It didn't affect everybody in the same way. It was largely people over the age of 65. 
Nobody else. There's a few other people got sick under the age of 65, but just no more than regular seasonal flu and other things like that. And most of the deaths are people really, really sick. Now, I feel bad for those people. Undeniably, yes. But there are many sicknesses going around the place that can also do harm to those people. Do you shut down society based upon such logic? And it is crazy to me that we have such a safetyist protect, love your neighbor, you know, do this, you know, in order to be loving and all this kind of stuff. Yet at the same time, there's rioting on the streets over the fact that the perceived right to kill for a, a mother of its baby is being, quote unquote, taken away. It's a fundamentally sick society. Thinks that way. Say that liberals will say, or supporters of vaccine mandates will say, well, no, that the, 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 the disease impacts other people. So mm-hmm. your bodily, your right to bodily autonomy, maybe so it was gonna, just you fine. It gets overrided because it affects other people. So you're going to say this, that this is, is a what child. conservatives and, right, will say about that. They'll say this affects a life. And I have a response. Right. Regardless, right. I don't even feel like we need to get into the philosophical discussion of whether or not it's a fetus or it's a child or where it starts or any of that. Because I don't feel like I need to go in there. Why? Because I don't have an argument basically because that is the issue that is the issue i don't need to get into that oh yeah reality is unborn child fetus none of them have any any social standing as members of the society they have no rights they are not counted in the in the they have no rights they see there you go there you go if you are in the womb you have no rights you are the you're just like Maybe the slaves of another generation. or You have no rights whatsoever. You're, you're nothing. You're subhuman. No matter about you. Not part of the consensus or anything. Well, you know, at least it, it, every now and again it comes out. You are nothing. Hey, it doesn't matter if you're a human being or not. We don't, you, you don't matter. Yeah, that's kind of. In the portion in our population at all. So this conversation where we, we, we conflate the two is just is non-existent. They don't whether or not you think it's a fetus or a child. Neither one of them unborn. None of them have any rights. So this idea now but they that they could, but they but they could. I mean, look, I, I'm very very I'm I'm very very pro-choice, very pro-choice. But I I can I see the logic actually on the pro-life side. I do think that they hold very logical arguments, and mm-hmm. it can be and it's it, it, I think they make sense. And you could make the laws change. I mean, yes, right now, sure, there's no rights for these fetuses, but it doesn't mean there won't be in the future. Do it doesn't think, mean that these activists are trying to make that do, happen. Do they you are. think that the people, the people that the people that are generally anti-choice, the people that want the abortion bans, are interested in affording rights to unborn children and fetuses when half the chi- the current children we have this this country has tons of children that are not being supported. We have children living in homelessness. We have children in foster care systems. Right, we of have course. children that don't. And we, yeah, we have children homes, you know, homeless with children. You know, so let's go kill a bunch of small children. If, if, all if the mother wants, really. That makes perfect sense. You know, yeah, no, it really doesn't. Um, there's always going to be poor people around the world. You try to, you try to help, you try, but we're, so you have to make sure that. Nothing bad ever happens in society, but you have to be okay with killing. It's a lot of whataboutism. So do you think those people advocating for that want rights for unborn children? Is that what they want? Uh, yeah. By the way, this whole whataboutism as well, it, it's really annoying because you're 
conflating everybody in the pro-life movement. Many people who are pro-life have very various views from you know here, there, and everywhere. But a lot of them would do work for charity. A lot of them would do work to help people. Um, they just don't trumpet it, and they don't go on Hill TV telling everybody what they do. You don't know what people do. So just because there are people out there homeless, I mean, what do half the people do? Oh, you if you're against support, you got to do this, this, and this. Well, how do you know what people are doing? This is one issue. I mean, again, I do think that they make logical arguments when mm. it comes to when they think a life begins and what is killing mm. that life. They are, you know, that's where you have to draw that line. You have to say, when is mm. a person a person? And that's the discussion but, to but have. I, but I think we've landed on what I think is the disingenuousness of it, right? Because none of us can say that we believe that those that they want rights for these unborn children and fetuses. So what's it really about, right? You're, you're saying, oh. Mm. No, yeah, we do want rights. Okay, that's that's pretty much every you know, and it's just one very very basic right: the right to not be killed. They want, it, but it's the right not to be. It's negative versus positive rights, right? They're saying that it, it, these these that the the fetus at a cer certain point uh, is, is enough like a child. It has the right not to be destroyed or killed but you but don't care about children right. but that's that's yeah. different than saying you have a you know you have a right to be taken care of or given support or something like that you, know, you just have a right not to like literally be, right. you have a right against violence and this and but, they think abortion is exercising violence against a and person. that would be more believable right. in a society that supported children and took care of children and expressed no. the same kind of yeah but many many of the people who i know are pro-life many of them you know Christians another way. They take care of their own children, they love their own children, and they also support massively local schools and everything else. You see, it's like, oh, I know you're right, but I have to question your motives. I have to say you're a big hypocrite without any, you know, I have to, here's your motive. Yeah for children in all these other arenas. Why are we so, oh, this child has a right to live, this has, child has a right against violence, this child has rights, all these things, but you don't, when the child is actually here, when we unequivocally know that there are children, when we're no longer engaged in a debate of whether or not it's a child or it's a fetus, when they're here, we are not, the same people advocating for this are not doing or advocating for resources and helping I'm saying, these but the, kids. A, a, a right to right. resource. Again, how do you know? is different, is, right, the right then to the health care right. or education mm -hmm. or housing is different than the right to not be killed. Right. Sure. Like, what yeah. they would say is that these are not equivalent arguments. A child that is living, even if they're okay. in foster... Okay, we're going to cut that off there because we got to move on to other clips. Um, I was going to respond as well to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but she doesn't really say anything different to the President of the United States, so we're going gonna to skip right ahead and we're going to respond to the first few minutes of um let me see probably the first two to three minutes of biden's response to this um decision unfortunately Just disclaimer: Every now and again, Biden does use does use a bit of colorful language, so apologize to that in advance. 
And uh, but I think it's important to respond to him as he is a leader, the leader of the United States. And according to Romans 13, he's a minister of God. He's a very wicked man. A very wicked man. Of a, a very incompetent man. But at the same time, he still holds that office. And uh, we will respond to what he says here uh, to the role v. Wade decision. Today is a... Uh, it's not hyperbole to suggest a very solemn moment. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I'm not American. I'm married to an American, but I'm not American myself. So uh, I'm not somebody who's just kind of coming here to... The, the highest law for a Christian, is the law of God. But the American Constitution does promise life. If there's any right that is to be found, if it's like, can you go through the, the U.S. Constitution and find the right to kill your own child? Uh, no. Can you find the, the, the right to life within the U.S. Constitution? I, I would say yes. So therefore, the case is to, to, Roe v. Wade is not is not a men is not like the I don't know how many amendments there are to the Constitution or sixteen seventy I don't know um, but it's not the twentieth amendment I'm just making up a number off the top of my head to the Constitution right this is a ruling Roe v. Wade is a ruling which made a, a faulty interpretation of the Constitution. That has been done away as a precedent. It was a bad ruling. Nothing has been altered really in the Constitution. Nothing's been altered in the Constitution, U.S. Constitution. Limited, they simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. But they did it. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. Fifty years ago, Roe v. Wade was decided and has been the law of the land since then. This landmark case protected woman's right to choose, her right to make intensely personal decisions with her doctor, free from the, inter from the interference of politics. It reaffirmed basic principles of equality. Free from the Hippocratic Oath. the doctor is swearing to do no harm, right? To any of the doctor's patients, right? Well, one of those patients, when a pregnant woman comes into a doctor's office, there are really two patients coming in there. The, the mother and the baby. Both of them. The doctor has sworn an oath not to do harm to either of them. So at the very least, if they, if they are an abortionist or whatever, they're violating the Hippocratic Oath. If the Hippocratic Oath means anything anymore. Women have the power to control their own destiny. And it reinforced a fundamental right of privacy, the right of each of us to choose how to live our lives. 
Yeah, but that right to privacy ends as soon as there's a crime being committed and it's a conspiracy. By the way, any of the things he's bringing up, and even just what I just mentioned, isn't what is overturned. Roe v. Wade has been overturned, but you know, it's it's now really up to the the states and how that's going to go forward. Now, with Roe gone, let's be very clear. The health and life of women in this nation are now at risk. As chairman and ranking member of the Senate Judiciary... What about the, what about the little girls who were in the womb? Was their life not at risk prior to Roe v. Wade being overruled? What about the number of babies who are women in the womb? How about the the boys in the womb? As vice president and now as president of the United States, I've studied this case carefully. I've overseen more Supreme Court confirmations than anyone today, where this case was always discussed. I believe Roe v. Wade was the correct decision as a matter of constitutional law and application of the fundamental right to privacy and liberty in matters of family and personal autonomy. It was a decision on a complex matter. It drew a careful balance between... It is, it's astonishing after, after what has happened over the last two years, between 2000 and 2000, and, well, this year really, that people believe in personal autonomy. Now they believe in personal autonomy. It, it, you see, it's personal autonomy to do evil acts. It's not personal autonomy really to make your own medical decisions because uh, many of them have demonstrated that they really don't believe in that. A woman's right to choose earlier in her pregnancy and the state's ability to regulate later in her pregnancy. A decision with broad national consensus that most Americans of faith and backgrounds found acceptable that have been the law of the land. Of faith? What's that going to do anything? I mean, and anyway, um, if a person says that they believe the Bible and has no problem with the killing of a baby, you'd have to have a big question mark over their profession of faith. And say the same thing even with Jews or even Muslims. I mean, you know, the Jewish faith is, you know, is apostate and everything else like that, but um Whichever form of it of it is, there's a there's a couple of different varieties, and also the you know the major the two major Muslim factions, the Shia and um, the Sunni. They very much would be or should be against the killing of a, a human life in the womb. I would imagine. The majority supporting a position does not make it moral, does not make it right. And for most of the lifetime of Americans today. And it was a constitutional principle upheld by justices appointed by Democrat and Republican presidents alike.
Roe v. Wade was a 7-2 decision written by a justice appointed by a Republican president, Richard Nixon. Doesn't make it any better. There's evil been done by both sides. And anyway, what, what are supposed to be done is, in these situations, that a justice is supposed to be appointed who will uphold the Constitution. Um, it's not supposed to be, hey, here's a Republican justice and here's a Democrat. There's supposed to be people who will apply the Constitution to the letter of the law. Okay, is that done in practice? No, not really. I suppose you know, there's always biases and stuff like that, and there's various um, justices that have been very, very political and very, very leaning to one side or the other. But that's really what's supposed to happen. The issue of Roe v. Wade is it's immoral legally, and it's also immoral against God's law. The man has been created in the image of God, including unborn children. In the five decades that followed Roe v. Wade, justices appointed by Republican presidents from Eisenhower, Nixon, and Reagan, George W. Bush, were among the justices who voted to uphold the principles set forth in Roe v. Wade. It was three justices named by one president, Donald Trump, who were the core of today's decision to upend the scales of justice and eliminate a fundamental... I'm not a Donald Trump fan at all, but talk about the next campaign ad for if if he runs in 2024 for Trump. You know, it's like that would be the first clip. Promises kept. Three was it three justices appointed by Trump were the main. I'll, I'll take Joe Biden's word for it, and then basically he's giving credit to Trump for this, and. Um, was no fan of massive areas, but I suppose credit where credit's due because for decades, many Republican presidents didn't really do anything and just really tried to meet the Democrats half the time in the middle. That happened for Republican presidents for decades. Now, Republican politics isn't the answer, okay? But it's just interesting how that. I'd be shocked if that is not part of a political campaign for Trump or some videos. Like, hey, it's just basically giving him complete credit for the decision. And it's obvious. And like, I, from a from a political point of view, from a strategic point of view, I don't know why you would do that. But, um, yeah. Right for women in this country. Make no mistake. This decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset balance of our law. It's a real... Okay, actually, thankfully, and we're going to leave it there because I think um, he does curse at some point down the line, uh, use the Lord's name in vain. So I'm glad that that didn't end up in the clip at all. Um, thankfully, uh, that... If you want to listen to the entirety of that, you probably don't, but um, <laughs> uh, CNN have that, what is it? It's called C. Biden's Reaction to Roe v. Wade. Uh, it's from like a few days ago. And uh, yeah. The, 
there's a sense in which, look, sense in which, yes, it's been a good ruling, but abortion is still legal in the United States. It's still legal here in the UK. It's still, unfortunately, it's illegal in the Republic of Ireland, where I'm originally from. So, yeah, we say, yay, glad, yes, but hopefully it will stimulate lots of conversations around the world about this and the morality of it and hopefully it will bear, bring to bear people's consciences and bring them to realize that we're all of sinned and fall short of the glory of God and may many people when they do come to faith in Jesus Christ this has been Paul Flynn thank you for listening in may God bless you all